first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is up, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. As always, joining us, your other co-host, Derek Larger. Derek, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, you know, doing pretty good, Cody. Um, You know, just another day, another dollar, uh, another day to talk some more Colts football. So I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. And we've been looking, Derek, it's been a couple weeks now. We've been breaking down the different position groups for the Colts. We've already looked at the offense, looked at the defensive line, looked at the linebackers. Most recently, we just looked at the cornerbacks. And so we're looking at the other part of the secondary today, looking at the safeties. And we're looking at all these safeties. We're not going to break it down by free safety or strong safety. We're combining all the safeties together. And we're going to look at every single player, and we're going to talk about them in depth and kind of give our thoughts on each player. And, you know, each player finds himself in a different situation. There are different points in their career. But uh, this is a very unique position because there's a guy in his contract year, Malik Hooker, who we'll talk about. Uh, there's some younger guys, a second-year pro, a rookie, and another guy who is an undrafted free agent uh, who you know has just played a pivotal role. He hasn't necessarily been a full-on starter, but he's a key piece as well. And then amongst some other picks we'll look at. So we can start here with the guy I mentioned first, Malik Hooker. Uh, he was the Colts' first selection. Chris Ballard's first selection ever as a GM with the Colts. 15th overall in 2017 out of Ohio State. He's a guy that coming out of college, he was a freak athlete. He hadn't played a lot of snaps. Uh, he only played one year at Ohio State, really one year of football. And uh, he had an injury. I believe it was a uh, – correct me, Derek. What, what was the injury coming out of Ohio State? I know he had an injury he suffered coming out of Ohio State when the Colts drafted him. Um, Even was, I don't remember that. I think it was – I, was like, I MCLA, really don't want to get this wrong, know, but I have a feeling it was an ankle. Of some kind. Was it? I think okay. so. I don't think it was an upper body injury of any kind. Okay. Well, anyway, he came out injured and he's dealt with different injuries. Obviously, his rookie season, he suffered that ACL injury, which took him out for the entire season. He was playing really well to start the season. He had three interceptions to start the season, and then the Colts play the Jaguars. He gets blindsided, blocked by Marquise Lee, and is out for the entire season. And uh, he's had different moments of kind of showing that ball hawk mentality. But obviously with, you know, obviously that injury played a factor kind of in his career so far. And the Colts have changed their scheme, right? They had a 3-4 defense to more now 4-3 Tampa 2 type of defense. Derek, give me your thoughts on a guy like Malik Hooker. You know, one of your boys out of Ohio State. He's now played with the Colts going into year four here with Indianapolis. So give me your thoughts here on Malik Hooker. Yeah, obviously we talked a lot about Malik Hooker in the offseason with uh, talking about his contract. And for anyone that hasn't seen you know, that video, be sure to check that out because it had a little bit of details 
of along the lines of what we're going to talk about here. I also mentioned how Kahari Willis, who is now entering his second year in the NFL, and Malik Hooker is now entering his fourth year in the NFL, has played less snaps at the college and NFL level combined than Kahari Willis has, which is kind of funny to think about. But ultimately, it's true. I mean, they're they're about the same in age, you know, and it's uh, Malik Hooker's still young. Um, you know, the injury history has always been kind of, you know, suspect at times when it comes to him being in the NFL. But, you know, a lot of guys get hurt at times. But, you know, again, we we just don't know how he's going to perform in the system in which the Colts want to play defense. Now, with this year, with the way they want to play defense in the way that they can now with adding a guy like a DeForest Buckner who helps get pressure, could the Colts possibly move to more of a one-man deep safety? Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about that, Cody, when you go back to you. Um, it, it would be interesting to see if they can shift things around for him. And then if Chris Ballard says, look, Malik, if you can play 12 games and start in 12 games and go out there, perform the way that we think you can, then I will make sure I pay you in the offseason. I'll make sure of it. But, you know, again, Chris Ballard does have does have the reasoning for um, wanting to be a little suspicious on how we handle the Malik Hooker situation because, you know, I'm being a little safe because no pun intended with the safe and the safety. But again, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, Malik has missed some time, hasn't quite lived up to that first round status. Um, he definitely can in the right system, I believe, and if he just continues to stay healthy. But, you know, a lot of question marks surrounding uh, Malik Hooker right now, and who knows what his future holds. Yeah, I'm glad that you included the the look when Chris Ballard spoke. Uh, that's very Chris Ballard-like. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, Derek. Uh, Malik Hooker, you know, obviously the Colts did not pick up his fifth-year option. So, you know, this is really his could potentially be his last year with the Colts. But yeah, I think scheme does have something to do with it. And Malik Hooker really hasn't been asked to do a bunch. I mean, he's really just been asked to cover deep. And and so like we saw in his rookie year, the interceptions just haven't been there, which, you know, isn't his fault necessarily. But yeah, it would be interesting to see with the Forrest Buckner, with an improved pass rush, we think. Will will the Colts kind of go back to that and play to some of Malik Hooker's strengths? You know, I'm more inclined to believe that they're drafting players now to fit their scheme, not vice versa. So I don't know. It would be interesting to see. I think it would really help Malik Hooker and kind of play to his strengths a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. For me, I'm kind of just like, why don't you just use Malik Hooker a little bit more? Because... You know, obviously we know that he's a deep safety, but he also um, is a pretty big safety as well. He's 6'1", 215, so he's got some size on him as well. Play him closer to the line of scrimmage. I would like to see the Colts do more of that and use Malik Hooker in some more ways, and maybe they will this year. But to me, I don't know. With the drafting of Julian Blackman and also refusing to pick up really a reasonable fifth-year option with Malik Hooker, it kind of signals to me that – even if he does have a really good season, the Colts aren't super comfortable 
maybe signing into a long-term deal. So maybe it's kind of just this year for Malik Hooker. And again, I could be wrong. The Colts could decide to re-sign him if he has a really good year. But all these indications that the Colts have done have kind of shown me it's probably more of an audition tape for other teams this next year. But again, if Malik Hooker balls out and Chris Ballard, you know, and, and the scouts and everybody in the front office, they kind of change their tune a little bit. Who knows? But that's just kind of my thoughts on Malik Hooker. Again, he's been a solid player. I don't think he's lived up, like you said, to that 15th overall billing, but he's not been a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He's just unfortunately had some untimely injuries. You think back that Kansas City game, Malik Hooker missed that game. He's just missed few games, um, some important games that he probably should have been out there for. But yeah, Malik Hooker overall, he, he has they have him for this year. They draft Julian Blackman, who is still recovering from that ACL injury. He'll probably be back October sometime. So it'll be interesting to see how the Colts handle their free safety position this next offseason. And we can move now. Uh, we'll just talk about the other free safety, I guess, that I just mentioned, Julian Blackman, third-round pick this year. Um, interesting interesting guy because he's not as big as Malik Hooker. He's only six foot, about 190 pounds out of Utah. But uh, I don't know. The, the Colts really like what they saw in Julian Blackman. And I, I saw some scouts you know, before he tore his ACL that really thought he could have been a second-round talent. And so the Colts nabbed him there in the third round with some injury risk involved. But uh, they, they think that they might have a good player in Julian Blackman. I think out of all the draft picks, you know, it relatively high, Julian Blackman's the one that's the least talked about. But Derek, give me your thoughts on a player like Julian Blackman and what he could potentially bring to this Colts secondary when he's healthy. Well, um, Julian Blackman certainly is a character. His game speaks for itself in the way this guy plays. He plays at 100%. Um, I truly don't want to – I don't want to compare him too quickly yet. But, I mean, we, we've – I mean, Colts Twitter has been saying it a lot that Julian Blackman just reminds you of Bob Sanders. Now, granted, I mean – Chris Ballard and Frank Reich were not in Indianapolis or were not, you know, watching the Colts as much when Bob Sanders was truly the guy. But I'm sure that when they turned on the Julian Blackman tape, uh, somebody probably was very quick to remind them of who he compares to. And that's a very, very good comparison because, again, if Bob Sanders had stayed healthy for a lot longer, uh, he would have been a he would have been a Hall of Famer. I could imagine it because I mean, you know, Bob Sanders had good numbers and just the way he played the game. I mean, that's ultimately why he had a shorter career. Because when you're when you're that small and you play the game that way, you're gonna get yourself hurt. And that's how that's how he eventually just shortened his career down. But it was good when it lasted. But um yeah, Julian Blackman, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the only real injury he's ever had. And I mean, again, yeah, ACLs, p- people come back from ACLs. They may not ever be the same player they once were, but they, you usually can recover and come back pretty well from an ACL injury. Most of the time you can um, with not as not a ton of limitations. But Julian Blackman does have a ball hawking mentality. 
um, in a sense. He does. He has created a lot of plays at Utah. People got to understand Utah's defense was a top five defense in college football last season. Julian, a bunch of those guys, I'm sure, had a bunch of reasons. Julian Blackman, obviously, is a reason why that defense became the way it did. And a bunch of other guys as well. Uh, Julian Blackman comes from a different breed. Um, and he he's very, very aggressive. And again, that's what the Colts are looking for in their secondary guys. They are looking for guys that are willing to come up into the into the zone and make a play, hit people hard, make a play in the open field or in the backfield if they need be, and make that solid play, that play that just turns your head. And that's what Julian Blackman does. I'm very excited for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use him this year currently because obviously you have Kari Willis, and if Malik Hooker's balling out, what do you do with Julian Blackman? Obviously, you can sit him for the year if you chose to do so. Um, you can do what you want with Julian Blackman because you're playing with a rookie contract. But you know what? What? What does his future hold this year? I'm not sure exactly, but I am very excited to have him. Yeah, last year at Utah, he started in 12 games, totaled 60 tackles, four tackles for loss, a, a sack and a half eight passes defended, and four interceptions. He also forced two fumbles. So this guy can do a little bit of everything for you, which is certainly uh, very, very helpful. And we can move to the ne next guy you talked about, Kari Willis. Uh, strong safety drafted last year in the fourth round out of Michigan State. Uh, initially when he was drafted, I think a lot of people, including myself, didn't think that he was going to be anything more, at least his rookie year, anything more than a special teams guy. But he came in and credit credit this guy, Kari Willis, he came in and not only took away Clayton Gether's starting strong best defenders, especially one of their best secondary players last year. Tremendous player in his own right, and the cool thing is that was only his rookie season. He's got a lot of room to improve and a lot of room to get a lot better at strong safety. Now that he's entering you know, a full year as the entrenched starter, at the strong safety position, I think it's going to serve him really, really well transitioning now, you know, not just transitioning from college all the way to the NFL, but now your second season, you're a little more acclimated with the NFL, and the NFL speed, and the NFL life. What are your thoughts, Derek, on Kari Willis? Yeah, Kari Willis, again, is another guy that, you know, plays a lot like what Julian Blackman does. You know, a guy that, is willing to come up into the zone and make a play. We've seen a lot of those last year, uh, a lot of plays early in the season of Kari Willis making plays uh, that saved touchdowns and first downs because of his quickness and his aggressiveness to make plays. Um, yeah, Ju Car Kari Willis is definitely a good breed. Um, I'm interested to see how he continues to work in the secondary because, you know, he has decent zone uh, coverage ability. Um, not, it's not elite yet, but it's definitely uh, above average. Um, it's nice to see that he was getting recognition at the end of the year by a lot of people who are saying that, you know, this kid's definitely special. Um, it, it's difficult to find a fourth rounder that eventually becomes, you know, a hidden gem for a defense like that. Um, it's not easy, but you know, again, 
Chris Ballard working his magic. I hope Corey Willis continues to perform. Um, we heard the story about, you know, him and uh, him when it came to his kids, um, how he would how he would literally go to the hospital every night, stay there, and then just come back to uh, play games afterwards. I mean, you know, this kid definitely has a motor. This guy definitely has passion, and he has commitment. He's got a purpose, and it's good to have that, and hopefully that just never runs out because Kari Willis definitely looks like he's on a good note. And now he has something else. He has motivation, right? He had twins, I believe, uh, in the hospital, and crazy story that nobody knew about until it was written about. I believe it was Zach Kiefer that wrote about that. Nobody knew about it, and it's kind of wild that 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 happened, and Kari Willis was able to kind of keep that under wraps while also playing pretty darn good football at that strong safety position. Again, last year he had 53 combined tackles for the Colts, uh, which is obviously good. You know, started most of the season at that strong safety position. Now I can move to another guy. I actually really like him. I think he's one of the most underrated players on this Colts roster. He's not a guy that that is an entrenched starter. He's kind of a spot starter, a backup type player. But all things considered, I feel like since he's been with the Colts, again, he was signed as a free agent May 1st of 2018. Mr. George Odom has been a very good player for the Colts. He's only 26 years old, so he's a fairly young guy. Um, he played for Arkansas. He, he obviously uh, went undrafted and was signed by the Colts, and he's been a key piece to that defense, not just at the safety position, but also on special teams. He kind of contributes everywhere for this defense and for this team. I really like a guy that just kind of does it all like George Odom. And you, it, there were a few games last year where George Odom had to step in for an injury, whether that Malik Hooker, Kari Willis for a, a few games. George Odom can play both positions, and he can play them very well. Oh, Derek, give me your thoughts on a guy like George Odom. Are you as high on George Odom as I am? Yeah, George Odom definitely is a great depth piece. He's a guy that has come in and provided some very valuable minutes on defense. Um, just a great, reliable option to have come in when you have those injuries or when you're just trying to get guys rest. He has been reliable. He's young, but he's been in the system for a few years, so he knows what he's doing. And like you said, special teams, the Colts love them. That's just what the, how they roll with guys like that. That's how you stay on the roster. You want to stay on the Colts roster? Learn how to play special teams. If you're good with that, then you're going to stay on this team for a while until you potentially get a shot. So George Odom, yeah, I definitely like uh, what he brings. Um, unfortunately, I feel like he might eventually be the next guy out, you know, when it comes to that secondary because – you know, he, he's got a lot of potential. He's got the he's got the goods to be a, a, a good receipt, uh, safety in this league. And um, who knows, maybe a team might come through, a.k.a. the Jets, and decide, oh, yeah, we're going to take George Odom from you now. So, I would not be shocked. <laughs> I would not be shocked either. Okay, let's see if Nate Harrison works out or if Quincy Wilson works out for him. And then or they're Terrell about to Patrick. say, yeah, let's let's or go Zach get Banner. No, wait, yeah, Zach Banner's Zach... on the Steelers. Zach... Who else yeah, is there? he's this on the Steelers. Else. Yeah, you know, the the traitor Eric Ebron, you know, it's they're they're teammates Gosh. now. So oh, let's not talk about that. that yeah, was, I know. Uh... Can, can we talk about let's it though? Can let's we do talk it. You about know what? it? This though? is a col- this was a safety position. Let's talk about it. Why not? Let's do it. Come on, let's talk about it. What what in the world? Look, I, I'm I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt here. 
none of us fans know what goes on behind closed doors. None of them do. None of us know anything. But what we see and what we've heard throughout the last three years is we've heard accountability, accountability, accountability. We gave Eric Ebron a chance to prove that this year that he has accountability with Andrew Luck being gone. He failed. He failed. I mean, can we can we say that you know we when you talk about management, we we see that they gave you a shot to prove your worth and you failed to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I yeah, don't know, and, dude. I, I didn't yeah. like how he's coming at management like that. And uh, a shout out to yeah. Zach Hicks for being such a nice guy about it when <laughs> Ebron when Ebron responded to him. Uh, shout out to him for being such a nice guy because I don't think I would have been. I don't know if I would have <laughs> been. I would have tried right. to be, but I because look, I got I got love for my man Ebron. Okay, he liked one of my tweets. Okay, <laughs> him and me we go way back. Okay, but oh yeah, I'm just that's saying. Right. I'm just saying. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not liking how he keeps coming at management like this. I don't yeah. like it. No, I, Especially I don't since like we've it. Not heard anything else from anyone else. Right, about, and it's like them. the Colts gave you a shot. They didn't have to give you a shot. You had a good year. Andrew Luck obviously played a huge factor into that. But now you have a chance to prove, you know, similar to T.Y. Hilton. I know his numbers haven't been the same, obviously, but, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not once ever complained, not once ever gone on, you know, with the whole deal with going on injured reserve and and all that stuff, needing surgery, you know, that's a whole different thing. But T.Y. Hilton's a guy that would freaking play through his his entire, like, ankle was completely destroyed, but he gutted it out and he played games because he loves the game of football and he loves his team. It's not all about him all the time. And that's yeah. where Eric, that's where they separate themselves right there. Both of them very good players in their own right, right? They, yeah. they both have had elite seasons by NFL standards, but where they separate themselves is T.Y. Hilton has had to endure terrible quarterback play for a few seasons when Andrew Luck has not been there. And T.Y. Hilton has not once complained. He has not once called out management. He hasn't done any of that. Maybe he called out his offensive line one time. That's the only time I can ever think of of T.Y. Hilton saying anything bad and negative about anybody on his team. I mean, the the only other time I've ever heard anyone call anyone out was Quentin Nelson, that story that came out just a few weeks ago about Quentin Nelson telling Chris Ballard, like, what the hell y'all doing? Why are you putting right. a small ass defensive tackle on me when I got when I'm facing freaking Chris Jones this week? What is that yeah. going to do to help me get your crap together, man? Like, I mean, yeah, that's just that again. That's accountability. Quentin Nelson said, mm-hmm. "Give me the challenge. Give me the challenge because that's not going to make me better for this week when I have to face somebody who's probably the." second or third best defensive tackle in the game. And you're putting this small little scrum against me. Like that's holding yourself accountable and wanting to be prepared. I I didn't see that with Ebron. No, it it was like when the rubber met the road, Eric Ebron folded and he just decided, I don't want to play anymore. We don't, I don't have Andrew luck. The season's not going the way I thought it was going to go. I'm not going to go out there and fight for my guys because I want to be successful and I'm not getting the ball as much as I did last year. So you know what? 
good luck team. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm out. That, that for me, he's now burned two bridges, you know, Detroit, now Indianapolis. And, you know, it's not, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't understand that mindset. I just, yeah, I've never come from that mindset. Especially when you're, when you went on live TV after the 2019 season and you told the, you told the world, I want to be in Indianapolis forever. I want this to be my forever home. How does that change in five months? How does that change? Oh yeah, yeah, I know why. Because the quarterback that put you in good situations to be successful wasn't there anymore. You had to endure another bad situation and you said, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, you saw it. I mean, honestly, I don't want to say like, I don't want to pat myself on the back. I don't, I'm not about that. But like, I never got good vibes from Eric Ebron personally. Like even when he was doing well, I was like, I just don't know because you saw what happened in Detroit whenever they weren't successful. Uh, Eric Ebron got into a lot of fights on social media with Lions fans. Lions fans hated Eric Ebron. And And I'm never, I'm never a fan of athletes like causing beef on Twitter. Right. You know, I'm never really one of those guys. Like, look, I understand they're on a pedestal. They can say whatever the hell they want and they feel like they can because they got money and they have power. But I mean, doesn't mean that we can't judge you by your character based on that. You know, Richard Sherman's a little different because Richard Sherman just is a very smart guy. He's one of those people that you just naturally like to listen to. And he's not very political. He's just kind of uh, tell it how it is. But, you know, when you got. I mean, because you've had Antonio Brown do this. You've had Derek Carr threaten people on Twitter in the past. You had Eric Ebron do it. And, you know, I just, I've never seen a Colts player go on Twitter and just make beef with people. I mean, Darius Leonard might get into some this year. Who knows? Because that man angry. But, I mean, outside of that, I don't, I just, I just don't like that, you know? And especially, I, I know Colts fans don't like you now. I get that, but, 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 but Ebron would not be reacting that way if he didn't have a reason to react. If he didn't have a reason to react, why is it that, why, why is he reacting to randoms on Twitter? Like, honestly, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And we've always said, Derek, like, not just, from a football perspective, but just from a life perspective, right? We've had tons of people kind of come at us from just randomly out of nowhere. And you yeah. don't feed that, right? If you rise above it and you don't listen to those critics, you you maybe listen to some of that stuff, constructive criticism. Okay, I want to get better at this, right? I want to be better at this. I know I'm not perfect. I know I need to improve in these areas, but not taking it personally and thinking, oh, they're attacking me, but taking that constructive criticism from those people who are telling you these things like management and saying, okay, I understand these are where, you know, these are the good things that I'm doing. These are the things I need to improve on. And that's just how it is in life. And Eric Ebron to me never felt like he fit, you know, pardon the, whatever you want to call it, the the expression, the culture, but he never fit it. He never did. Cause he was always a team. He would never was a team player. He was always a me first player. Right. And you look at all the guys, that the Colts have drafted that are now kind of cornerstones, if you will, even Andrew Luck, like none of these guys, it was never about them. It was always about the team. That's the culture that Frank Reich has established. That's the culture that when 
Chris Ballard was here. That's one of the first things that he said in his introductory press conference. He said, it's never going to be about one guy. It's always going to be about the team. And I just yep. never got that vibe from Eric Ebron. You know, he was, everything was good when the Colts were 11 and five and in the playoffs, but whenever things happen, whenever crap hit the road, he decided that he didn't want to be a part of it. And it's honestly probably best for both sides to move on. Now we'll see what happens in Pittsburgh, but, He's now burned two bridges, like I said. He may be on his way to burning a third, especially if Big Ben, Big ben doesn't stay healthy this year. Who knows what's going to happen, man? I just don't know. It's just wild yeah, to me. It is wild. And look, I mean, we don't wish any ill will on Eric Ebron. We know we we want him to, you know, be successful in, in Pittsburgh. You know, it obviously didn't work out in Indianapolis. That's fine. It doesn't work for everyone. But – you know, it's just I just don't appreciate him taking shots at management for holding him accountable. I mean, that just sounds like a uh, sounds like a childish uh, childish motive to me. That's just that's just me though. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening to our uh, little rant Let's there. Do a rant there. Let's get to this last player <laughs> here. Let's get to the last player. But I wanted to say, uh, George Odom started two games last year. He had a pick. Uh, two passes defended. And we'll move to our last guy here because we only have a few minutes left on this call. We'll move to Roland Milligan. He's a guy that nobody talks about at this safety position. Um, but I like Roland Milligan. I, I think he's you know been pretty good for the Colts. He's kind of played spot duty as well uh, to a lesser degree than George Odom. But he's kind of like that fifth safety. You know, he may be a practice squad player. He's kind of floated between both. He originally was signed to the practice squad in October of 2018. And he's kind of, you know, last year he had 11 tackles, so he played a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, overall, he he hasn't really done a ton. I mean, I, I feel like he's played some snaps, but we haven't seen a ton of Roland Milligan. But honestly, I feel like he's not a bad player from the snaps that we saw. But again, it's just a lack of snaps that we saw from Roland Milligan. Uh, Derek, really quick, me quickly, give me your thoughts on a guy like Roland Milligan. Yeah, Mulligan, again, another great guy that's a depth piece for the uh, special teams. I see his name a lot. Um, a great, great guy to have in the locker room for that and a great depth piece there for corners and safety. Um, yeah, again, just another depth piece that you can use to rely on and somebody that makes plays outside of their original position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not a lot. There wasn't a lot on Roland Milligan because we just haven't seen a lot. But those yep. are the, the notable safeties that we think have a shot to make this final 53-man roster. Honestly, I think Roland Milligan is probably the only one that I'm not entirely sure will make this roster here in 2020. But that'll wrap up this episode, looking at the safety position. So now we've looked at the entire offense. We've looked at the entire defense. For our last episode, looking at the position groups, we will look at the entire special teams unit so that'll be kicker, that'll be punter, that'll be kick returners, and punt returners. And we'll just look at all that in one episode, and we'll knock that out. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much for all your support. We really, really appreciate it. And as always, go Colts.